Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Catherine Porter, an executive coach for female attorneys and the founder of the Transition Navigator. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm good, Ari. How are you? I'm well, thanks so much. So tell us about your background and the Transition Navigator. I've been a lifelong learner. I started off after college as a teacher in California with my credential. And then I decided law school sounds like fun. So I went to law school and I did enjoy it. So then I went into law and I was with the same firm for the better part of 17 years definitely hit that glass ceiling and I went to a related consulting firm and then back to a really small firm. I was there for the last year or so and now I'm fully transitioning to the Transition Navigator. I always knew I had a story to tell because my experience I've learned is just not unique for women and and lawyers in general and I just really want to make it safe for people to be able to be themselves at work and that was not my experience so I'm really hoping to change that. And going along with the lifelong learning theme, I just completed my certificate in design thinking at the University of California, Riverside. And I also received my life coaching certificate this summer as well. So I'm marrying the two in my business, the Transition Navigator. How does your incorporation of design thinking into coaching enhance that work? there's that designer's mindset that really influences how you think about things and you can shift things. Like I had a client who likes to read and she wanted to join a book club, but she was hesitating because she didn't want to commit to it. But then when she thought of it as a prototype, which is very much the way designers think of things and they're just testing it out, she's like, I'm going to test it out. And if it doesn't work, I know I can stop and try something else. And it was just a real shift for her. So that mindset, it makes it okay to try things. It makes it okay to, quote, make mistakes because really you're just gathering better information for your next prototype. How does that design thinking process of gathering information and being willing to make mistakes relate to the practice of law? Design thinking at its core is human-centered. So everything the designer does revolves around the humans who are interacting, if it's a product or a service or whatever. And in law, we are human, our clients are humans, our staff are humans. And so there's a lot of different ways that our businesses can be and should be human-centered as well. Lawyers know the value of asking the right questions. So designers also know the value of asking the right questions. And you want to think about solving the right problem. I think as lawyers, we tend to be the experts and we are knowledgeable and we are smart and we have the training. So sometimes we assume we know what the problem is and we may even assume what our client wants, what the solution is. And Design thinking makes you go back and look at the humans that are involved and say, is this really what you want? Are we asking the right questions? Are we solving the right problem? So in design thinking, the problem finding is almost as important as the problem solving. Is it limited to outward facing activities in terms of client service or can it benefit the internal law firm environment? Design thinking has a really great potential to impact in a positive way the culture at law firms, internal law firms. At every point, our clients really have to interact with all these different people in our firm in different ways. And so if we understand 
the employee experience, we're going to benefit the client experience as well. So when you're designing a product, we talk about the client's journey or the customer's journey and how they first become aware of your product and how they interact with it and all the way through the leaving. And the same goes through for the internal legal staff environment. How do people find the job? How do they go through the interviewing process? How are they onboarded? How are they offboarded when they leave even? So that's important to really think about all those different steps to optimize it. I remember when I kind of left and came back to my other firm a few times and I showed up one time I had come back and I got to the reception desk and the receptionist was not the same receptionist that I had known before. And she didn't know who I was. And I told her and apparently the partner that had said, yeah, come back, did not tell anybody else <laughs> that I was starting that day. <laughs> so you know, I know him, it was funny, but like, I don't think you'd really want that happening to a, a like a new employee, right? You want to make sure you have that experience mapped out and that they're having a positive experience because the founder of Culture Amp, I heard a quote from him, which I absolutely loved. It was, your brand is your promise to your customers and culture is how you deliver that promise. So you really want to make your culture positive so that you can deliver the client service, deliver on your promise. Will the Transition Navigator offer both personal coaching as well as organizational training? Yeah, I'm primarily right now working with women attorneys on a one-to-one -one basis, and I also have a group program. But I'm really excited. A friend of mine from the UC Riverside Design Thinking course and I are getting together and we are launching a class in the beginning of December that will focus on using design thinking to improve workplace culture and address some of these issues. So I'm really excited about that and getting into that space. What are some of the barriers to using design thinking to improve law firm operations? I think they're probably the same barriers to any kind of change that you see in law firms and other corporate environments. There's a perception that people don't have a problem. I know when I graduated from law school, as a whole in the country, most graduates were 50-50 men and women. But 20 years later, we should all be in leadership positions at firms, but we're not. It's interesting to see that some people think they don't have a problem because they're on a great places for women lawyers list or whatever it is, but really there still is a problem. So that perception is an issue, is a barrier. There's also the barrier that you hear a lot that it's not profitable. If we don't have people billing a certain number, it's not profitable. We can't stay in business that long. And I'm not sure that's necessarily true. I think revenue generating activities are overvalued. We leave a lot of talent on the table that way. And we ignore the other assets and value that people bring to the table. And there's still a sense of, well, I went through it this way and I survived. So you're just being soft or weak. There's no reason we should accommodate these upstarts sort of thinking. How can this orientation toward design thinking help law firms through the current period of uncertainty? We've all become more empathetic with each other. I know there's always stories everywhere about people being really understanding when the cat walks through on the Zoom screen and the dog barks and the gardeners are there, all the other things that happen and interruptions that come with working from home and everybody being home all the time. So I think that empathy piece is already there. It's coming, or at least it's growing. And so I think that's a really important piece to build on. And we can take that empathy and extrapolate it out and see how it relates 
to what we want to create going forward in our workplace culture. So I think it's really a unique time because people are already thinking differently and they're already prototyping, which like I said, is my favorite part of design thinking is prototyping. And we're already doing a prototype. It was a forced prototype, but we're already prototyping having the majority of our workers working remotely. So it's a good time to kind of build on that, see how it works. And what if we have the time to actually implement it in a thoughtful way, as opposed to middle of March, everything shuts down. But we've gathered really valuable information, and that's part of the whole process of design thinking is gathering that information so that you can design something that really works for all the different stakeholders. Design thinking also fosters creative solutions. When you're ideating, which is another portion of the design thinking process, you value quantity over quality. So sometimes the idea is to generate as many different ideas and possible solutions as you can, and then you can take elements from each of them. So sometimes the wildest ideas will actually lead to the best solution. That's really important in when we go forward and try to design the new workplaces that we're all gonna be facing once we're all allowed to go back to our jobs. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Catherine Porter, an executive coach for female attorneys and the founder of the Transition Navigator. Catherine, thanks so much. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.